0: Welcome back to another edition of The Zone with J.D. Dugan, live on the No Filter Network. It's Monday, the day after the Super Bowl. Should be a national holiday at this point because we know everybody would love that. Right to the football stuff, though. I mean, what a game. What a last three weeks of NFL action for football fans. It's been Arguably, the most competitive, engaging games I have ever seen in my life the last three weeks. I will give the NFL a lot of credit. Off the field, had some issues the last couple weeks. That's a story for another time. We could get into that on another show, but we will highlight the players today, the guys who are actually out there doing the work. It really has been incredible. Another game came down to the wire. The Rams win 23 20. And this was truly, in my opinion, I don't think this is hyperbole. I really try, you know, in the modern era, there is so much rush to hyperbole and getting caught up in the moment. But I really think this was one of the best years in NFL history. And you look, I I was thinking back to the beginning of the season. You had the Chiefs-Ravens game. That was a, a shootout, primetime game. It set the tone for the year. And, it's only, and it only kept getting better and better. It was the first year with everything that's been going on in the world. We had the fans back in the stadium, jam-packed. And the players, I don't know if they felt it or not, but it seems like having the fans back definitely was a jolt in the arm for the world of football. I mean, whether it was the Chiefs-Kansas City game, the Super Bowl itself, the Rams-Bucks game along the way in the playoffs, The Chargers game at the end there where it went to overtime and Herbert was just slinging it. I mean, there was so many iconic games and this is just off the top of my head this season. And we'll shout out all the players, shout out all the coaches, all the people who make it happen behind the scenes. That's what it's all about. Because I mean, as a fan, it's easy to have our moments where we lose sight of things and we just go, that was a great game on to the next year. But this season was special. Tom Brady's final season in the league. Aaron Rodgers. Might be his final season in Green Bay. I mean, there was just... Sometimes in sports and life, whatever it may be, things just all come together, and it's just uh, one of those years, and it was special. As far as the game itself, I think this was a reminder of... It's not all about the destination. It's about the journey itself. The Rams are a team who, on paper, you might not want to root for, in the sense they're a bunch of superstars in Los Angeles. I get it. Behind the scenes, though, when you look at these guys' journeys from Matthew Stafford, even Aaron Donald, Sean McVay himself, everybody's had to learn. Everybody's had failures. Cooper Cup overcome, being not recruited out of high school. Odell Beckham had to learn how to be a vet, go to a team where he could fit in, play a role. This this team did a lot of growing, and I do think that they deserve a lot of credit. I think the Bagels, on the other hand, the quote applies as well. I mean, what a journey for the Bagels. Early in the season, I'll admit I was I was high on the Bagels. I was like, the Bagels are going to be good this year. Did I? And I, this was week one. I remember doing beat the bookie, and I'm going, you know, I'm taking them to beat the Vikings. I don't think it's a sleeper. I never expected this. And I do wonder if Zach Taylor, the Bagels head coach, doesn't get enough credit because they have so many star players He's the one who put him in the position to succeed. We haven't heard his name mentioned a lot with the elite coaches, but he's only 38 years old. He now has a Super Bowl appearance under his belt, and we've seen it before. Sometimes it takes going to the big game, losing a couple times to figure it out. So this Bengals team, their journey's not over. They haven't reached their destination. The Rams, the interesting part is they might just be getting started. I do think this Rams team is set up for a dynasty-like run if they can keep the pieces intact. Now, Aaron Donald has been rumored to have been thinking about retirement. I believe he's a family man, and rumors he's just kind of want to spend more time with family, those kind of things. He's 30 years old. If Aaron Donald wants to retire, more power to him. Because we've seen as guys get older that play in the trenches, whether you're an offensive lineman, defensive lineman, tight end, fullback, you get banged up it's inevitable. He's had a very healthy career. If he was like, Hey, I got my ring. I got my family. I got my money. I got what I need. I'm done. I, I mean, you can't really blame the guy cause he has his health still. And that's there is some to that. So, but the point I'm getting, as if Aaron Donald comes back, they keep building around him, Matthew Stafford, Cooper Cup, bring back some guys like Von Miller, Odell Beckham, Robert Woods is going to come back healthy next season. They're in a position to really succeed. And I will say this one last thing for a lot of people. I do think the Rams have turned into kind of a Hollywood kind of team where a lot of people it's easy for Stafford and some of these guys. But L.A. in general, I'm, I'm a Southern California guy, but I'm not an L.A. sports guy. I'm a Angels fan, Bears fan, Clippers fan. I've dealt with a lot of losing seasons, so I, I get it. But I will say this about the Rams and their fan base here. There's a lot of new Rams fans that are just your typical you know they just wanted a team to root for and they love it and happy for them they got a super bowl this quick but there is those old school diehard los angeles rams when they were playing in la and orange county at angel stadium back in the day i grew up in this area and i knew a lot of people growing up who were big time rams fans or their family was rams fan and they basically would say like can't watch the nfl almost because you know we don't have our team anymore i'm a clippers guy if the clippers leave la it would be hard for me to enjoy NBA as a pure fan the same way I do this as a sports journalist, but I totally get it. So I'm happy for those people. I think that's kind of gotten forgotten in the mix. It's only their sixth season back in LA. So I won't ramble about this all day. I just think this was such an interesting journey for both teams. Kudos to the Rams for getting it done. And I will say the Bengals deserve a lot of credit because every time people counter them out, they just kept on fighting. They just kept on clawing back in it. Great Bengals reference there. And I just think there's, uh, I could go on and on, but the future is bright for the Bagels. I do think the AFC is stacked and the NFC is wide open, and that's why the Rams do have a chance at making a real run if they can keep some pieces intact, and Sean McVay does come back. Okay, because there was a rumor McVay was going to retire. I think he put that that to bed last night in the post-game interviews. I think he said, I'm going to go party tonight. I'm not worried about that. I'm so happy for this team. He's 36 years old. If he wants to retire, go for it. That dude has a chance to be one of the all-time great coaches, in my opinion. I know my good buddy Rico from our show, the Rico and JD show, he might disagree. He's not the biggest McVay fan, but he did make the comment. If McVay was coaching the Cardinals, I would be happy, but okay. One thing we will do here to honor Matthew Stafford in his first championship ring and as a former first round pick, just to show how rare it is for a quarterback to be a first overall pick, excuse me, first overall pick. There's only a few guys who have won Super Bowl rings and drafted first overall since 1980. Let's go over the list to show how rare it is and how elite of company Stafford just joined. we got Troy Aikman, John Elway, Peyton Manning, Eli Manning, and now Matthew Stafford, five guys. That's it. I mean, Aikman, Elway, Manning, the Manning bros, I'll just say, and Stafford. I mean, Matthew Stafford's a guy who his legacy is going to be so interesting. I saw the question trending on social media last night. Is Stafford a hall of famer? I think, with this ring if he retired tomorrow he would be a hall of famer one day but it would probably take a little time i think if he plays three four more years he's going to be a hall of famer his numbers he's going to end up in the top seven and most of the passing categories if he plays long enough the guy is in arguably the best offensive system in the league with the best receiving core in the league if beckham comes back so stafford has a chance to get a couple more but and he does have a chance to be a Hall of Famer. I really do. And I think if anybody sums up what it means to be, in my opinion, an old school throwback football player, Matt Stafford's one of those dudes. He played for the Detroit Lions for 12 years, never stirred the pot, never shook shit up and was like, I need to get out of here. Year one in LA, those 41 touchdowns make Super Bowl wins it. So there's something to that. I mean, that's what it's all about. That's the... The journey, not the destination, but I mean, hey, it's a hell of a destination to end up with that offense. So I think Stafford's a guy who he will get in the hall of fame. And now the other thing on this list I think is interesting. Who's next? Who's the next former first round pick? For excuse me, first overall pick at quarterback to start a game and win the Super Bowl. Obviously, Joe Burrow was this close. I mean, he was an intro, you know, a couple seconds away there from having a chance, a couple plays away from having a real chance. So Burrow, obviously, I like his odds. Kyler Murray, before all this Cardinals drama, I probably would have put him on the list. I was very high on them early in the season, but we saw what happened when it collapsed, and that's definitely worrisome. And not to toot my own horn, but that was my one concern about the Cardinals. I remember saying it when they were like eight and two. I said, "What happens if this team hits a a bump in the road because they got a young head coach, a young quarterback, and it's just you haven't dealt with that much." And I will say this. Again, something that Rico from the JD and Rico show might disagree with because he's a Cardinals guy, and I'm sure he's frustrated with everything going on there and how that season ended. So, Kyler Murray is a guy who the potential's there.
1: I think he has.
0: They're gonna have. They're gonna have to take time, and he could be a guy who could win a Super Bowl one day. But we're going we're seeing, regardless of how talented a kid is, a Joe Burrow, a Kyler Murray. Pick and choose your young quarterback, Allen, Mahomes. It does take a full system around them, having the head on straight, all these things. So there's so many elements to it. So Joe Burrow, Kyler Murray, Trevor Lawrence, Baker Mayfield, and Jared Goff and Jameis are really the active starting QBs who have a chance. Jared Goff, it's funny to think if he would have won that Super Bowl, where's his career trajectory? His numbers-wise, he was putting up good numbers in LA consistently, but Stafford, of course, was upgrade. But now, you know, he's in Detroit, and I don't think he's going to be winning a ring anytime soon. So anyways, I think Burrow has the best chance. It's just going to be tough in that AFC going forward with so many good, young, talented teams, so many good head coaches, so many good quarterbacks. It's, it's stacked. It really is. So a lot of credit to Stafford. Like I said, I'll repeat it one more time. He joined Troy Aikman, John Elway, Peyton Manning, Eli Manning, and now Matthew Stafford are the only quarterbacks since 1980 to win a Super Bowl ring as a starting quarterback after being drafted number one overall. So, I mean, it shows also I'm, I'm huge on organizational fit and how important all of those elements are. I think so often we want to put a guy in a system that doesn't work for them. There's an old saying, I can't remember it off the top of my head, but it's like if you teach a fish to run, they're never going to be great. I don't know. Basically, you know, you got to put people in a position to succeed. Fish supposed to swim. I, I think I messed the quote up. We all know what I was going for. The point is, it's important. And I just think situational fit, these kind of things get forgotten so often. And the more we take the time to give guys the benefit of the doubt a little bit, it goes a long way. All right, I'm, 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 I'm kind of rambling. We're going to move on to one more Matthew Stafford-related thing. So let's do a quick list of superstar players i don't know if stafford's a superstar i'm gonna say star players who won their first championship late in their career it was a lot shorter of a list than i thought as far as guys who did it while still kind of at the top of their game historically there might be a lot more guys but this was more recent number one kevin garnett 12 years with the timber timberwolves very similar journey as matthew stafford played on a terrible franchise Tried really hard, got them to the playoffs a couple times. Eventually, it was rewarded, went to the big city, got that championship ring in year one. So Kevin Garnett, former NBA All-Star, number one on the list. Number two, another former NBA All-Star, Gary Payton. He won his NBA championship in his 15th season as a role player on the Miami Heat. Just evidence it takes time. Dirk, the legend, took him 13 years with the Mavericks to get his first ring. Took 15 years for Alex Rodriguez to get a championship ring after. Starting his journey in 1994, he got one in 2009. Clayton Kershaw just happens to be Matthew Stafford's former teammate in Little League. If that couldn't have been any more perfect. Took him 12 years to get a championship ring and he did it. So, moral of the story, there's a lot more guys out there that have done this. But if you keep fighting and you keep your head down and you want to pick positions to win rather than positions just to... I don't want to blame me. I'll never hate on a pro athlete who says, I just want to get paid. I want to earn as much money as I can. And that's my only goal. I, and I, okay, maybe I shouldn't say, I'll never blame them. I understand the mindset though. In the modern era of professional sports It's such a business. At the same time, this is where making those legacy kind of moves come into play. So making a sacrifice because a lot of guys is their aging, We all know how it is. I know from personal experience, just playing sports, whatever. You go, my window's closing. I want to get it now. <laughs> so, you know, there's just truth to that. So the guys who are able to adjust, it's a big thing. Let's move it along to another Super Bowl star, Cooper Cup. Talk some Super Bowl. We will move into a little MLB, a little NBA. Keep this show rock and roll until about 8 o'clock today. So Cooper Cup was named Super Bowl MVP after putting up eight catches for 92 yards, two touchdowns, and he actually ran the ball for a big first down. So Cup lived up to the hype when it mattered most, and he was the eighth receiver ever to win Super Bowl MVP, joining Edelman, Santonio Holmes, Heinz Ward, Dion Branch, Jerry Rice, Fred Balitnikoff, and Lynn Swan. Some legendary company. Cooper Cup officially sealed himself in the history books last night. What a game. So I, I just wanted to shed some light on how rare it is for wide receivers to win the award at Cooper Cup, it's an interesting conversation to have. I wanted to transition to this. Is he the best receiver in the league? I'm not sure yet. I'm going to ask this on the zone community question of the day, something I've been doing on Instagram and across social media to get fans, sports fans, people of the zone fam, whoever's feedback that loves sports. So I'm going to ask that on there. But I will say my top five receivers in the NFL in no order. And after I go over the... List a little more with his own community. Maybe I'll come back with an answer. <laughs> Excuse me. So Justin Jefferson, pure talent wise, he's top five right now. 108 catches last year, 1,600 yards and 10 touchdowns. Number two, and this is no particular order. I shouldn't say number two. Devontae Adams, clear cut top five receiver. Don't need to explain it. Tyreek Hill, the most dangerous player in the league when he finds his groove. Playing with Mahomes helps, but I think wherever that guy is when he touches the ball, He's fireworks. Cooper Cup is on the list. No doubt about it. He's coming off one of the best receivers in NFL history. Or excuse me, one of the best receiving seasons in NFL history. And he can only grow from here in, in a weird sense. Because this was his him and Stafford's first year. I think his numbers will be down a little bit next year. Because Robert Woods is going to return. And, and Robert Woods is a huge part of that Rams offense. But. You can lock him in for 110 catches, 1,400 yards, and 10 touchdowns next year, I guarantee it. So Cooper Cup is the real deal. His route running is unbelievable, his timing and execution, those kind of things. So we got him on the list. So that's one, two, three, that's four guys. Now, I was going to say Stephon Diggs. He had 127 catches last year, had 103 catches this year. He puts up yards, he puts up touchdowns. I'm going to audible here. I'm going Debo Samuel in my top five. The way that that guy mid plays is here for the 49ers, his versatility. If I'm building a team and I'm picking a receiver, Cooper Cup, Debo are definitely probably the first two guys I'm looking at right now. So I'll say that. Debo Samuel's in my top five. A couple honorable mentions, guys who, just to prove how deep the NFL is at receiver, DeAndre Hopkins when he's 100%, one of the best players in the league. Mike Evans, extremely underrated, playing in Tampa, doesn't get the hype as much, but he's guaranteed 75 catches, 1,000 yards, and 10 touchdowns. Guaranteed. Keenan Allen, besides Cut, might be the best route runner in the league. And Jamar Chase, he's in the process of becoming a full-blown superstar. We saw him have a great Super Bowl performance, and this guy's the limit for the kid. I just think it's going to take a little more time before I put him in the top five. And one more name to watch. Jalen Waddle. If you're playing fantasy football next year, see him floating around a little later than first four rounds maybe, grab him because that guy on the Dolphins is a real talented wide receiver. Okay. Let's move it along to NBA trade deadline stuff. I'm going to give my quick thoughts on a couple moves and then move it along to something that actually kind of flows with talking about making moves to help win championships i was going to bring up some nba trades to help lead to a championship with the the nets and the sixers making a big move so i did go over this a little bit on the rico and jd show we talked some trade deadline stuff so i won't repeat myself too much if anybody already heard it there but this is one of the nets and sixers deal with james harden and ben simmons being the featured trades trade pieces I actually think this is a rare trade when both teams got better. The Nets bring in Curry, uh, Seth Curry, Ben Simmons, and Andre Drummond, three guys who can actually help that team win. Now, of course, the Nets are struggling. They're on like a 10 or 11-game losing streak. How much longer until they throw in the towel for the season or maybe Kevin Durant comes back healthy and they make a run. So that'll be something to watch. But I like the pairing. Now, for the Sixers, James Harden and Embiid have the potential, in my opinion, to be one of the best shooting guard center duos we've seen in the last 20 years. And I'm not going to say, oh, they're going to be Kobe and Shaq-like, because I've seen a couple people make that comparison. Okay, that's over the top. But James Harden is a guy who, when he's playing in his prime role of a ball-handling distributor who could drop 25 a night, he could be a Talented asset on any championship team. And I think Joel Embiid and him are actually going to fit well together because Harden is such a better floor spacer than Ben Simmons. Joel Embiid, at this point, is dominating the paint. Takes two guys to guard. He's not on Shaq's level, but he's getting the Shaq treatment a little bit. When you watch teams, how they guard Embiid, they're throwing everything at him. I was interested that they traded Seth Curry away because he's such a great shooter. But I guess when you bring in a Harden, you're going for it all. I see it. But... They're going to space the floor. Harden's going to make plays. And I think having Embiid be the guy who you know on a nightly basis can drop 40 any given time and put Harden, if he can play this role where your job, James Harden, is to drop 23, 24 a night, get 10 assists, though, get the offense going. That's when Philly can be scary. That's what they've been lacking because Ben Simmons was supposed to be that playmaker. He just didn't fit with Embiid. He didn't space the floor. He's not a shooter. And ultimately, it just didn't work. Now, Ben Simmons on the Nets, I think it has the potential to work because Kevin Durant, maybe the best shooter in the league as far as pure shooting ability. Don't get me wrong, Steph is a better three-point shooter. Kevin Durant's mid-range game, his shooting, he's a great shooter. You put Ben Simmons next to him, the floor's going to be a little more space than a bead who's a 7-footer, 300 pounds in the paint. And that's just the reality of the situation. I think moving forward, I'd look for both teams to – Get it going after the break. So I, I'm just interested to see what happens, but it's going to be a lot of fun. Another trade I wanted to get to that I thought was interesting. we got about 20 more minutes left of the show here. Talk a few more trades, a couple more trade deadlines. Up, and up I was going to grill the MLB for a few, but we'll see if I get to it. I think the McCollum trade to New Orleans has, has been a trade that hasn't got a lot of talk. But I, oh, I got some knock action here from the one and only Rico. Get him in here. I think McCollum could be a great fit next to Zion and Brandon Ingram in New Orleans, two young players who right now that team's figuring it out. Be had a veteran shooting guard who can get you 20 a night playoff experience. I really like that pickup. I think in the long run, I would look for CJ McCollum also to take a leap as a player because him and him and Damian Lillard are very similar. You look at McCollum, give him the opportunity to be a facilitator, more of a playmaker and he could do it. So I think they're going to put the ball in his hands more. Let him be the guy in closing time who's running the offense next to Ingram and Zion. This is maybe next season when they're healthy. Look for them to be a playoff contender and McCollum to take an all-star type leap. That's my quick little hot take of the day there. Because CJ McCollum has been all-star talent. It's just how is he going to make an all-star team when he's playing right next to Damian Lillard and they're both playing for the same, They're basically doing almost the same thing. So we're trying to get Rico in here via the knock. It hasn't popped up yet. We'll give it a second. Oh, there's Rico with the headband today. Ready to ball on him for sure. What up, man? Suppers. Not much. Just talking a little NBA. Got a little 20 minutes left of the show. Thank you for jumping on, trying to get back. AD formerly the zone TV had to drop Zone TV. I was like, you know, if you're listening and I'm saying TV all the time, it's kind of, what up? What up, man, how you doing?
1: What's good. Hey. Doing good. Uh, recovering from this Super Bowl hangover. Um, and that's not booze wise. That's just the the hangover of seeing the refs implement their themselves into the game last night to steal it from the Bengals. Even if they did make me correct in calling the Rams and Cup for the MVP, shout out to me. Um, but I didn't come on here to humble brag. I just came on. <laughs> <laughs> I did. I 100% came on here to not humble brag, to unhumble brag. Just jumped I, out of bed. You're like, I gotta go get on JD's show right now. Give my
0: one humble brag at least for the day,
1: bro. I wanted to message you literally the the moment that he got it and be like, look, dude,
0: I called it. I definitely thought about it. I'm Like hey, Rico definitely was on point with that one. You've been saying it. You're like, Cup's gonna win the MVP. They're gonna win. Cup's gonna win it. I'm like, yeah, no, you were on point. I should have thrown, We should have thrown some money down. Or maybe you did have. throw some money down. Yeah,
1: right? But I just have to say my disgust with that penalty call, that blatantly non-pass interference call on 55 of the Bengals to make sure that they had the chance to win it. It was, it was such a good play by him. And with all the Jersey tugging that was going on all game to call that ticky tack foul in that moment, it was very clear that they were trying to position the Rams to go up so that the Bengals could go down and kick a field goal and get to overtime.
0: I honestly, the first thing I thought when you see that is what the hell's going on and it's one thing if they had been calling the game super close the whole time. They were letting them play. It was a dogfight. Then the last two minutes, it felt like the refs just really made their stamp on the game. That was a terrible call. And like I said, if they're calling the game close the whole time, I think it's maybe justifiable. But there was some brutal calls that got let go. And I mean, at a certain point, I'm not going to say and go, oh, the, they wanted the Rams to win and this and that. But I don't know. I mean, you You could say it. I don't blame you because it makes you turn your head. I mean, in the moment, I was around a bunch of people who were rooting for Los Angeles. So, you know, they're all kind of like, oh, good call. And in my head, I'm like, yeah, I don't know what's going on with that one. Something's something's a little – because that – I mean, there's time and a place. If that happens in the first quarter, it's like we're setting the tone for the game. We don't want guys playing physical. What I I get it. Maybe Biggest play of the game. No, can't have that. I will say, though, shout out Cooper. Oh, I was gonna say, shout out Cup, who got his head taken off on that one. I don't know if it was a penalty or not, but it just clicked at around the same time, and he got right back up and played. I, that was so random, but I wanted to bring that up on the show while I had a chance. But I think he yeah. might have, he might have been concussed in the post game interview. But That's he just got up,
1: speculating a big penalty. And if Von Bell wouldn't have hit him the way he did, which I had to look at it to see to make sure that he actually did go. Uh, and hit him in the head because it looked like he launched with his shoulder and caught him high, but not at the helmet. But I'm pretty sure he did get him. If he wouldn't have done that, then they would have gotten a holding penalty because there was a holding penalty on that right. play. And it was, it seemed to me that they were trying to have a, uh, basically no time left on the clock situation with the Rams. Like they knew that was a blatantly bad call. And then they were going to double down and make it an even worse call to call a holding penalty on a play to kind of make up for giving the Rams a new set of downs. But then they end up calling a PI again on cup or uh, on, I think it was, uh, I want to say Eli Apple trying to guard cup, which why is Cup by himself? The fact that, I mean, but shout out to him and Stafford, you know, they got it done. And, um, I, I was happy for them and I was trying to find some, some solace in the Stafford story and Aaron Donald. It was so hard to not cheer for him. Uh, I was watching the game with my girlfriend and she loves when they get emotional and just, let the game out and the emotions of the moment out. And it was really amazing to watch him do that. But then, of course, right on cue, the media darling, the sycophant who just can't ever get enough FaceTime, who already celebrated with Aaron Donald on the sideline, mind you, decides to interrupt his interview to go and make sure that he gets a hug with him on camera, on live television. I'm like, McVay, your favorite coach. I fucking hate you so much, McVay. Pardon my French. He just, everything about him just rubs me the wrong way. And now he's the youngest coach in NFL history. It's, that's won a Super Bowl. His name's going to be in the record books. I have to remember this bozo for the rest of my life.
0: Well, you were probably hoping he retired when that story came out. Who knows? The scary thing is they might be set up for a, little run here the nfc's so wide open it's kind of a mess your cardinals they're right on the fence where if they could get it together organizationally with the kyler murray stuff they were just coming off they were the hottest team in the league to start the year i was just talking about that earlier in the show how i mean it's interesting so they're i mean they could bounce back the nfc does have some good teams but the rams are in a position to make a run i know you don't want to hear that with mcveigh but something to remember but no for sure
1: it's the truth. And we talked about this, you know, like I respect the Rams. They're a great franchise. Uh, I like the St. Louis Rams. I like the old LA Rams and they I like them. You know, they've got a bunch of Jimmy's and Joe's and they can play the X's and O's and you can't not cheer for a cup Stafford combination. I mean, no doubt yeah. about it. Once Aaron again, Donald
0: also, I I, I you're I was saying all the same stuff earlier, but I feel like everybody in the sports world, there's certain guys that you're just like, these dudes have worked for it. They deserve it. It doesn't matter if you're a fan of the team or not. Like Aaron Donald, you're like, this dude's been working his ass off. He was on the Rams when they weren't good. So, you know, he stuck with the team he has the sees both, both ends of the you know spectrum. And that's what it's all about. No, for sure. Yeah. I mean, so much to break down from that Super Bowl. I'm sure we'll get into it more Friday. But no, I'm like, thanks for coming on here. I mean, you keep keep it going. But I'm just like kind of mind blown from the NFL season in general, man. This was like, – I was saying earlier, this might have been the best season of all time. I mean, every week it felt like delivered. Like it was unreal.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, it it was. And it was a, an amazing playoffs. Uh, it's going to be sad that that was the last game. Uh, the only thing that was subpar were the Super Bowl commercials definitely Those terrible last night terrible i mean okay we get it electric cars and um cryptocurrency That's- i was gonna say
0: we're just bringing the future in with the super bowl what was up it was like all robot i'm like we're just going for the robots next year aren't we
1: yep all robotic uh they made it look like more like a video game too i don't know if you noticed the uh the new uh fonts and the way they did the bottom scroll the ticker and all that stuff it looked like a video game i was like oh boy here we go um and then the halftime show was pretty good uh i it was it was good you know i knew the songs that they were gonna play i was hoping they would play some deep cuts the only uh bad grade that i gave them were the dancers trying to do sea walks like i live and die for crip walking okay khakis with the cuff in the crease ben fosters chuck taylor's okay like we know this stuff i i'm blued up from the suit up and i've never been a blood i've always been a blue blue flag wearing crip mofo um and crip walking is a part as you being from southern california should have a profound appreciation for the art of crip walking and they had these oh, no. like ballet dancers out there trying to do their own form of crip walking in khaki suits and i was like get them off my screen right now
0: it had a weird vibe to it for sure i was thinking this i though the, the back of dancers my head too and it was pretty funny seeing 50 come out upside down at this point he's like a big old dude he's a little older. Yeah. I, I saw him live say. a couple of years ago. His voice is kind of like gone a little. And I still, I still like 50 and stuff, but you can hear it. And I was like, oh, my God, this is a little different, but I, no, they did. It, it was cool to see for sure. I mean
1: dollar piece? He, 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 dollar piece was, uh, he, he's not 50 cent anymore. He's right. a full dollar. He's that boy is now. No. Yeah. He's a buck 50 piece. Uh, he was a puffy. He looked very puffy and much older, but you know, that's what happens. I still,
0: no, yeah, he's he's eating good, living good. I don't blame him. It was just funny. I had to mention him, like to see him come out upside down at like 45 years old. Kudos to him.
1: I was yeah. shocked to see it. Yeah, it was pretty good. It was pretty good. Uh, I just wanted to hop in and give you a hot, uh, some hot mess on my uh, Super Bowl. What I thought all about that. Uh, I'll let you get back into the NBA. Oh, no uh, worries, man. And
0: yeah, if you got any NBA thoughts, you got about nine minutes left. You can either stay on or if you're good to go, it's your call. E- either way. Uh I mean,
1: there's a couple of uh there were a couple of interesting trades, you know. Obviously we talked and about Shout out Duncan that. Dad in the comments, just uh, noticed notice he was on here. Double D coming in hot. Uh we obviously talked about the Ben Simmons Super Bowl picks, mine equals dumpster fire. <laughs> Oh, buddy. Sorry. We're uh we're all feeling that. No, I'm kidding. Yeah. Oh, except Rico, he got the Cooper Cup one right, so that was nice. Yeah. W well, you know, even a squirrel gets a nut every so often, so <laughs> there you go. There um, you go. <laughs> I'm sure if I would have bet heavy on it, it would have went the other way. So Ain't sorry that's the truth. yeah. Um I like the Mavs getting poor Zeke off their sheet. Uh Spencer Dinwiddie, I mean, he's a Comparable player, he's not a superstar by any means, or even really a star. uh He can, he can play off the, the ball
0: him. better than Porzingis probably, but yeah, I know what you mean. Yeah, he's yeah. not the guy who's going to push you over the top to win it all or nothing.
1: And He'll neither is Porzingis.
0: Series, no, exactly. You
1: know, so maybe Stapps, be You know, I used to love Chris Dabs. Used to love him, especially. Same. I'm he... still, I'm still holding out for him to make
0: it one day, but I'm, I'm getting a little short on patience here. I'm like, okay,
1: don't he's think done. it's going to happen. He's toast. His, his star is faded. Uh, Chris Stapps will never be the Chris Stapps of the New York Knicks. He's on the backside of his career. He's injury prone. He's just not – he doesn't have the same confidence. He can't shoot worth a shit anymore, and that was his forte was he True could that. shoot. and He seems like a guy who's going to be uh, – he'll put up numbers on a bad team, but if you're playing on a
0: winning team – He's not a guy who you want as your starting five or starting four. That's without a doubt. No, no, for sure. I I, I only say that because I wrote this up and I'm in my head right, talking about Porzingis. like maybe when the Wizards, he gets his confidence back with Beal. But, it, it, no. the more we talk about it, I'm like, yeah, it's probably he could be a guy who's he's going to have an NBA contract. He's a player. But he's if you're trying to win the championship or make a playoff contender, yeah, he, no, I, I totally get what you mean.
1: He He's a player. You know, he's not bad. He's just not. He's not worth his salary. Period. And to no, get that. that off your books is a big play by the Mavs. So they can definitely uh fish around during free agency and all that stuff. Um McCollum breaking up the uh trailblazers, uh aka the jailblazers. Um go oh, back. Yeah, that's just setting up Dame
0: leaving. I, mean, I didn't even think about that, but I was I, at first. I thought maybe they'd bring in a big piece, but you're probably right. He's probably next out the door because that was. I mean, they were pretty tight from everything I've seen. Great, good duo. What's next? They bring in some a bunch of young talent around Lillard. No, you're probably right. It's definitely probably gonna, the next
1: move. Yeah, they're gonna figure out how to swap Westbrook for Lillard. It's. I was about to say.
0: I feel like Lillard's gonna end up a Laker.
1: He's certain He's one hundred percent gonna end up a Laker. There's. There's no two ways about it um he's lebron's texting the it.
0: gm right now going let's do something to get dame do <laughs> no, playing, but that's
1: just how it he 100 is. is talking to palinka like all right we need to get rid of westbrook that's not working and we need to get a dame dame time but i i'm disappointed to see that the blazers are gonna be uh in rebuild mode you know it's gonna They've been a franchise that I've really liked and I've always really liked, even when they were beating the Suns in the 89 and 90 uh, conference finals. Uh, The Kevin Duckworths and the Clyde the Glides and uh, the Rod Stricklands of the world, the Terry Porters, et cetera, et cetera. Um, But they had a great team. Uh, Dunleavy was a good coach, and they had – a good city they have a good city you know rip city the rose garden they always stay juiced they always stay jacked up um and it's going to be a shame to watch them not in the playoffs just especially after they made it to the western conference finals just what two years ago and now here they are no true that
0: and when you bring it up it just makes you think we only got a couple minutes here but it's worth mentioning i was going to ask you one more thing if we got time but I mean, they never really fell off. I mean, they went from Brandon Roy and the, to LaMarcus Aldridge to Lillard. I mean, so, I mean, they haven't had that huge rebuild. They've been a team who's always stayed to flow. I mean, they've had down years here and there. But, no, they do deserve a lot of credit, and I've always respected that franchise a lot. Kind of an underdog feel, always a little bit, small market. You look at their luck with the whole Greg Oden thing. I mean, they, they've had some interesting runs. The last thing I was going to ask you, just because we talked about them a little bit, four minutes here i mean if we go a couple minutes over it's not the end of the world but what do you do you think the lakers have any chance to make a playoff run or are they toast i I just throw it out there because we haven't talked about this before
1: yeah i think the lakers are gonna make the playoffs i think that there's no way that they don't make the playoffs uh
0: maybe a little bit like we were talking with the nfl and the super bowl that you know they're gonna get some whistles.
1: Well, yeah, 100%. They're going to get it, and that's just how it goes. Um, I would like to say no, but that's just the fact of the matter is is that they're most likely going to get in, and <clears throat> that's going to be a very tricky thing for the Suns because, once again, it's going to be the Suns and the Lakers. I'm just – I really hope they don't because obviously I don't want to see him in. I don't want to see LeBron in. I don't want to see any of that stuff. Um, and they look like a team that is completely dysfunctional. And I should be cheering for them to get in, but I'm a pessimistic of Arizona sport. So I always know that a gigantic collapse is just around the corner. Um, I do want to say I cannot believe they made no moves towards the trade deadline i can't believe that dennis schroeder just got completely ignored by contenders like schroeder's a good player and he is instant buckets instant yeah, he can, buckets. He can get a
0: bucket there's no doubt about that he can run an offense and for sure him it's crazy to think it's like i i was more supportive of the westbrook move than some but it's like yeah they probably would have been better off just sticking with schroeder I mean, who would have thought that?
1: Yeah, and they could have, they could have got him for cheap. You know, he went to the Rockets. You know, went from the Celtics to the Rockets. He's a familiar player. Uh, unless LeBron was like, no, I don't want him back in the building, which certainly could have happened. Yeah, Le- but GM LeBron, GM LeBron. <clears throat> but also, I love the move by the Hornets to get Montrez Harrell. Love 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 that move i was oh.
0: really big on that move too it was on my, my little list here i mean montrez harrell is a dude who's underrated but attacking the rim, making plays they can make a little you know they're trying to fight for that eighth seed no i thought that was a great pickup
1: also yeah yeah they're he's a dog he's a straight dog no and doubt. Throwback. he's one of those guys that you want on your team he's gonna give you he's gonna do a lot of the dirty work And he's gonna do everything that you ask of him and more. He's kind of, uh, he's like a poor man's Jay Crowder, um. But then again, he's a different player than Jay Crowder. I know what you mean, though
0: the the hustle aspect. He's gonna do the dirty work. He'll set the screens, get a hard foul if he has to set the tone. Kind of a guy. No, for sure, he brings that dog mentality. Where nowadays in the modern NBA, it's getting a. Harder to find, without a doubt.
1: Yeah. And, I mean, he's... The Hornets are, you know, in the playoffs right now, and they're only four games out of six. You know what I mean? Like, they could make a run, and Definitely. with some things shaking up at the top, you know, I, I would be shocked to see them not move up the standings a little bit. But, like... I don't know how the Raptors are doing what they're doing or the Celtics, um, but those are just consistent franchises. Like the Hawks have fallen off. You got the Bulls and the Cavs coming out of nowhere. I mean, it's nice to see the Bulls back at the top. I'm a big Zach Levine fan, and I am so happy for a success. And I called it at the beginning of the year saying that the Bulls got a nice little roster. I think we even talked about this. I think we did, yeah. They, they made I some. I was hyped on the Bulls,
0: too, for sure.
1: Yeah. They made a lot of good, smart, sound decisions in uh, short of their backcourt, their front court, uh, got Levine some pieces around him that can really play. And it, it, the proof's on the court. So um, it, it's. The Montrezl Herald trade, I think, will only help the Hornets and. Do I think that the Lakers will make it in. I think that the NBA will no way, shape, or form allow the Lakers and LeBron to not be in the playoffs.
0: That's very true. And honestly, I think in in another year, they might not make it, but the West is kind of down right now in the bottom half. Right now, if you looked at two teams in front of them, the Clippers and Tamper Wolves, Tamper Wolves have some good young pieces, but we could easily see them fall off and the Lakers make a little run. Like you said, maybe get a little help here and there, and I do think LeBron—he, you know, he's good at saving it for the stretch run. I've watching him over his career. I've always been kind of a LeBron guy. He he saves it for the right time, but at the, at the same time, he's 37 years old. You can only do that for so long when you you're playing with a bunch of guys who don't have championship experience. And Westbrook's chucking up bricks, and I've tried to defend Westbrook, but it's just hard at this point. It just the fit never was perfect next to LeBron, and it's just showing more. Last thing I'll say, I guess I saw Drogic's available. I think he would be a great fit for the Lakers to pick up a guy who you could almost move Westbrook off the ball, let him just be a rebounder and this kind of stuff. But yeah, they, like you said, they they're probably just trying to make the playoffs at this point. I don't see a real run happening, but I hey, can't count LeBron out at this point on You're probably saying otherwise, but anyways, well Rico, that was a great show. It's eight Oh two. Don't want to go too long. I know the daily hustle is about to pop off on no filter network. So thank you for hopping on here. Looking forward to Friday, Gonna try to get back on here in the mornings a little more. Been trying to find the groove with the schedule and everything. You know how it goes, but thinking mornings are probably good. It's a little early, but you know, with more and more East Coast love hopping on here from the on No Filter Network, maybe it'll work out. So you know, on the West Coast, just waking up, but East Coast, you know, you guys are rocking and rolling, so
1: all good. Well, thank you, yeah. Rico. Absolutely. Thanks for having me on. Uh, I'll holler at you this week and. Shout out to the Zone TV and my boy JD right here, hammering again, once again on the No Filter Network.
0: There we go, the legendary Rico. All right, y'all, we're out. You guys have a good one. Friday, the Rico and JD show, 9 30 a.m. No filter network. Hopefully we see you there. Dunkin' Dad, definitely get you on there, get some takes. Anybody else got stuff to chime in? Always feel free to let us know.
1: All right, y'all. Absolutely. Peace out. Have also, a good one. Uh, the Duncan dad has a show today after the Daily Hustle. So if you want to get some hot, 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 hot heaters, East Coast style, that Philly love, uh, get out there. Tune in right after the Daily Hustle. He goes on 1015 t- my time. So 915 uh, Pacific, 1215 Eastern. Uh, Double D will be hammering away, I'm sure, at the Super Bowl the NBA in all hotness happening around the sports world.
0: Pure mayhem around the sports world. All right, y'all take it easy. And thanks for everyone for tuning in. Later, Rico. Have a good one. Peace.